We're receiving a message from the Chancellor's officer. The Supreme Chancellor requests your presence at a special session of Congress. Yeah. Welcome to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. May the Force be with you. Looky, looky, Simitai. There's a Jedi arriving. Treaty Senator. I am a Senate. This is the way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the emergency episode of the Positively Star Wars Senate podcast. We're here all together to talk about Andor, the first three episodes that were released on the 21st of September, all in one big go. So joining me today in Skype order is Tony. Hello. Josh. Hello. Ian. Hello there. Ricky. Hello. Marie. Hello. And Ron. Greetings and salutations, fellow senators and chancellor. Right. So we are going to launch straight into the hour and a half goodiness of Andor that we got uh, this week. We were spoiled. So I'm just going to go, simply going to go right by the table and people just give their um, um, concise um, opinions of the first three episodes. Um, and then we'll get into a bit more of a debate and chat about the more nuances of what we saw. So first up, Tony, take it away. Uh, well, simple enough. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, the only thing uh, for me that, uh, and it's not a criticism, it's actually, you know, it's it's, uh, it's uh, a good thing, is that, you know, from the get-go, from when they dropped the, the trailer, it didn't seem like Star Wars. It seemed like something different. And, you know, it's kind of a good thing for me because all the Star Wars we've seen up to now feels like Star Wars, which is also not a bad thing. But that's one of the things I do like about Andor is that it doesn't even feel like Rogue One yet, you know, but uh, it doesn't feel like Star Wars, but it's been really good so far for me. The first three episodes were really good. I enjoyed them quite a bit. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what else we get. And that's my concise description. That's very of... concise. I should call you very concise. <laughs> that's how I felt no. about the episodes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Josh. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Um, I agree with Tony that, you know, it not necessarily feels like the Star Wars that we're used to, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I mean, what's wrong with having a little bit of a different kind of Star Wars than we're used to and go see new places and explore new things that we haven't really explored uh, in this, you know, universe before. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they they bring to us in the series. Okay, excellent. Uh, Ryan? So I definitely enjoyed it, um, but to be honest, I'm not going to deny that it wasn't, it was slow. You know, it was kind of slow to start, but, you know, I'm just telling myself, well, this is a 12-episode season one. They have a long story to tell. I mean, they have slow episodes and, you know, Netflix and Disney Plus series that are six or ten episodes. So it was it was slow. I could tell they're building a lot of things. This isn't going to be like 
Mandalorian uh, video game style, you know, where every episode is a cliffhanger and every, there's side quests all over the place. Like, this is going to be a straight Star Wars story. And I really do. And it's what I was hoping for originally is that it focuses on a smaller scale almost like because we really got to see how, you know, people were affected by the Empire. You know, they're on this planet. They're doing all this, you know, pretty much low labor work just to barely get by. And when something like the Empire shows up or it's still related to them, they kind of all go against it. They have ways to communicate with each other. So. I definitely liked the smaller scale. I've been wanting to see the uprising and I feel like this is going to get to it. So it was really good. Um, but yeah, that's what I definitely enjoyed about it. I'm not going to deny that it wasn't slow. I might've nodded off for a second or two. My wife had to poke me, but uh, I still very much enjoyed it. I love the story. The vision, even though it's kind of a small scale, it feels like really, really big visuals. So that's, that's how I felt on it. And I got a question maybe after, but I'm honestly confused on when people say it doesn't feel like Star Wars. I don't, I've never understood that. Um, maybe we can touch on it after because I don't want to yeah. create a big. Yeah. Well, I want to create a big discussion in the middle of everything. So I just don't understand what's what is and what is Star Wars. I don't know. But use that as the first um, talking point, perhaps after the after we've gone round everybody briefly. Yeah, well, we definitely got to talk about the show. I don't want to butt in. So, but yeah, very good. Uh, slow to start. They got a nice story to tell about the uprising, so I'm excited where it's going. Okay, uh, Ricky. I don't think it felt like Star Wars at all. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I, um, I liked it. Um, I do have some gripes about certain uh, decisions they made in the, you know, content-wise. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just hoping it picks up. Um, you know, I, I miss the stormtroopers and. Flying through space and all stuff like that, which you know we do get from Mando, which Mando's not really high on my list either. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I like all the actors are amazing in it. Um, story right, story wise, you know the writing's great. Um, just a little nitpicks here and there from from it. Um, I do think I'm gonna have to go back and revisit it quite often so I can uh, just wrap my head around stuff because uh, timeline wise, I'm kind of trying to figure things out. But hopefully, when the season rolls out, more questions will be answered and. Maybe it'll get a little higher on my list, but uh, but yeah, I mean it was it was it was fine. It was like I felt like I was watching an Amazon show of random stuff, but um, but yeah, no, it was good. I guess we'll get more into it. I'll explain to Ryan why it doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. <laughs> hold I'm fire, ready. Hold fire, hold fire. Get to that one, uh, Marie. I love it. It felt like Star Wars to me, but I'm used to um a lot of the expanded universe slash legends slash um, old style uh, fiction, which involves pieces of the empire, like the corporate sector, where the Imperials don't really have a presence, but um, their presence is definitely felt. So that's what it felt like to me, like one of the old, um, like an old Brian Daly story or something. And I guess we can discuss that more in depth a little bit later on too. But I like it. Um, I love a slow burn. So I am digging that. And um yeah, I in total, I love it, and I love Diego Luna. So that's that's another thing too. Like I I really think that uh, Cassian Andor, his Cassian Andor particularly, is is a very compelling figure. Wow, I didn't think I hear that being said last bit, but <laughs> okay, we, we'll get to that one as well, I'm sure. And lastly, we have the Godfather of the group, 
and the chap who is the litmus test for if anything's any good, it's Ron. I will be the dissenting senator amongst the group, maybe uh, say for... Yeah, for right, let's get rid of him. <laughs> Marie, it's just like, no, I loved it. I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I was looking forward to it all day. Uh, came home, sat down, settled in, and watched myself um, about an hour and a half worth of new Star Wars content. And I found myself enjoying it. I I get where people can try to want to, you know, because it's easy to do, find something to complain about in terms of finding something saying it, it doesn't feel like Star Wars because it's not those characters. And all. But it is. It's a Star Wars story. And I knew where it's going. I, I know a lot about it in that sense. The production quality, the acting, the sets, everything in there is is it's not an Amazon show. It's not a cheaply made show. It is it is full on well, very well done. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. I'm looking forward to talking about the the not the minutia of how it's made and what's going into it and all that, but the the Star Wars story that's unfolding in front of us and how it's how it's in this universe, how it's how it's in this galaxy that we know and love and the impact the ramifications, how it's going to lead to the ultimate end game that we know. It has the same sort of prequel trilogy issue of, well, we know how this ends. There's never going to be some concerns of his, of his safety or whatever, but it, it was, it was very intriguing. I found it highly entertaining and enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, I've seen it twice, both all three episodes um, and uh, looking forward to chatting about it with the senators. Cause it was, it was good. Okay. My two cents worth, well, 50 pence worth, of course, in the UK. I would say, that, yeah, I'll agree with everybody. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was actually engrossed in it. Uh, the kind the kind where you're watching it, yeah. you, forget, you forget there's anything else going on around you until the you know the credits come up at the end. You go, oh, damn it, now I've got to press a button and return to the real world for a few seconds. I really was swallowed up in it. And I the production, people touched on, the production value of it is just right at the top level, I think. It, it's like a film... It's like film quantity. And then some of the stuff we've seen recently, I've been seeing, oh, this is the volume, or this is CGI. But in this, you know, it, it, apart from once, I think the dogs in the scrapyard looked so CGI. It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, but aside from, aside from that, there was there was nowhere else where I was thinking, yeah, this looks like it's straight in the volume, or this is uh, all pure CGI or something like that. Um, so that allowed me to be completely swallowed up into things. Um, the whole the thing which was we'll start to touch on in a minute now is this Star Wars is not Star Wars. I mean, I until I heard that conversation online, it never crossed my mind. So I think it's safe to say that that wasn't not something that came into my head when I was watching it. That this doesn't feel like Star Wars. I was totally convinced that it was in the Star Wars world. Um, I can get where people are coming from. There wasn't a lot of any. There wasn't a lot of um, should we say non-human aliens in this, from what I remember. But that's yeah, just there was like a couple here they, and there, but nothing really. the nature of where they are. I mean, you're not going to have aliens with three eyes and two horns everywhere in the universe. Um, so I, I can see where, I probably see where people are coming from, but I didn't see it to a huge degree. I was totally swallowed up, swallowed up in it all. Um, the we had aliens where we needed them. Cassian's not going to hang around. Why would he? He's he's going to hang around his like types of when he went to places there were aliens. Yeah, I mean like. I, the alien thing, I see that a lot online a lot too, and I kind of wonder like Star Wars has aliens, but when you think of something like The New Hope, it's not littered with aliens through the entire movie. It's literally only the bar scene, 
And then there's no other aliens really in the movie. I mean, if you want to call it Chewbacca. walking through the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, but you're used to him. It's just a furry guy walking around. You're just used to him. He's one of the gang. But, you know, when you're talking Dr. Mandible and, you know, Pig Face or whatever, you know, all these crazy creatures, it's really only the bar scene in New Hope that has it. Everything else is them on a ship, them flying, them on a Death Star. You yeah, know, you know uh, guys, you know, are grand or Iran or something like that. When they're in the yeah, meeting you talking have, about like you had stormtroopers that had helmets on, you don't know if they're human or not. So I mean, I think that's the thing for me that was kind of missing. I'm, I was missing the stormtroopers and the Empire. I understand the corporate um, security guys, and like Marie said, it did feel really. I think I was in the middle of the second episode. I'm like, wow, this feels like I'm reading like a book, and this is like the first like three chapters. Um, yeah, and, that's that's how it's I think. Go. Yeah, and I think that's why people were touched on it. Like the slow burn, I had I had no issue with the slow. The, the thing with with me with uh, saying it didn't really feel like Star Wars to me. Like I like I said, I missed the the iconic you know imagery like the stormtroopers and stuff like that. But also, it doesn't seem like there's any elements of like like uh, so far of like hope or like any kind of like message. And that's usually what Star Wars is to me. And some moments of levity, there was like nothing like that. It was just boom, boom, serious. We're doing this and doing that and walking in the rain, you know, um, which I understand. I mean, even Rogue One was really probably pretty serious. But then you get, you know, little um, funny bits here and there. I mean, not like haha funny, but like, you know, moments of levity that kind of, you know, lift it up a little bit. So yeah, I think you're going to need to rewatch it because, like you said, you pointed out the Chewy, the aliens not in there the whole time. So sure, there's not that. But if you rewatch it, there are a lot of aliens in the background. They might not be interacting in the with yeah. aliens. The droid, I love. Definitely. Yeah, there's definitely a large human workforce. I agree because I did notice that. I was like, wait a minute, everybody coming out of that building is pretty much human. I was like, I wonder how much, ep- how many aliens are, because it's a valid question, how many aliens are in the show? But then I started to see they're peppered throughout. Yeah, they're walking through the background and stuff like that. So, um, but huh. that's just, that's just like how it is. I mean, they just have some aliens and no really lead that's care. A- All the lead characters are humans in like every show. Yeah, it's oh, a nitpick that you're picking. That, that's my first question, actually. It's somewhat slightly different. Quick question, quick um, segment, sideway, what it was called. Why they picking up all these gloves before they went in and out this um, building? Yeah, what was that? They kept. What's that all about? Yeah. Does anybody know? I got confused. We're they definitely kept, like, all really up, focusing on the gloves. Well, they're yeah. work, they're probably sharing work gloves. Unfortunately, you know, but they don't all if, get their own pair. They got to share. It don't take like, them home. It felt like they were the end of the shift. The doors open. They all come out like they were coming out of the coal mine, and then they put their gloves on. Right? Yeah. It wasn't that they yeah. were going to work and put the gloves on. They were yes. done with that. Or no, they were going to yeah. work because he. Like they were like in a holding area and they went out to get their gloves. Maybe that was their... Yeah, I think the scrap yard is outside, and maybe that was like a almost like a housing oh, yeah. community. Maybe. Oh, but yeah, I noticed that too. It's like right. they're putting gloves. But then, like, it was pouring rain the night before, and then all the gloves were dry, and they're outside. <laughs> they no, they, it was pouring it's rain, rain on, on a completely planet. different. Oh, it's a different planet. Yeah, right. yeah, it's a different planet. So, um, yeah, I thought it's like, um, I don't know. They change off shifts, and I guess they have to share equipment because there's just not enough to go around. It just felt odd that they kept like focusing on the gloves. I'm like, what's the significance of these gloves? I did. I thought well, that was one square was missing gloves because calcium wasn't working. Is what I took. One square is missing mm-hmm. gloves. Maybe they maybe they have they're contaminated. You don't want to take them with. You know, you don't want to take them. Mm-hmm. With. Put those gloves back, Cassian. Those are those are his, those are the gloves. Thought the Empire was worried about safety. Well, it's not the Empire. It's still their own little corporate sector thing. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Empire. I would. Yeah. That's the. I guess that's one of my questions too. And I only watched it once. I wish I would have watched it twice, but I only watched it once. But what was the 
I don't know, I guess that's, is it just like a security company that's employed? Like it's outsourced by the Empire almost, maybe. Because that's what they made yeah. it seem. Like Ryan, you know what it reminded me of? Um, like you just read, um, what was it? Um, the Obi-Wan and Anakin Bro- book. What was that? Brotherhood? Brotherhood. The faction of security guards on that planet. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Like it's its own little thing. But granted, that was during the well, Republic. I mean, that was a neutral planet, right? Because uh, the uh, ne- Neomodians say that they claim they're a neutral planet yeah, and it's their security. Yeah, but I just think it's something like that where it's like they have these factions of security officers. Yeah. You know, so. I think it's a business. I think it's like a business is doing work with the Empire or maybe selling, tearing down these ships or they just own a junkyard and they employed by them and they employ their own security. They're not like, like a mining guild it's kind not of like, thing. Like, well, think of it like the, someone's working for the American government and they're not like, well, we need American troops to protect us. They're like, we'll just hire our own our own security. Pretty yeah, much. So that's a, how I picture it. They're basically a, the Empire's version from of BlackRock. Yeah, the, and we, you can't have the Empire because if the Empire's there, then everybody's going to complain, well, bring the whole force or, or, you know, they could be much more. So they need this sort of security, this rent-a-cop, this rent-a-firm, BlackRock type of thing whatever, that can have some, some of its issues because if, if the commanding guy is listened to and his subordinate you know just writes up a report and it's an accident you don't have the intrigue that goes on so yeah so uh, he's like just drop it and don't you know do anything because then they're going to start looking in the yeah. supervisors and it's going to affect everyone's pockets yeah yeah and while he's right the the, the subordinate guy that does go look funny is actually absolutely right too because he does investigate he does find that it's accident. He does realize there's more to it, you know, but but gets caught up in it all and and gets yeah. That's part of the intrigue for me, or, or part of the enjoyment. It's a very compelling. It's a very. Yeah, good I just kind of wish they would have like amped it up a little bit, like why they wanted him so badly. Not, I mean, obviously for killing the guys, but like, what has he been doing the whole time? Like, has he been actively? Because they did list off a bunch of stuff that he was wanted for, or that he'd been arrested for, uh, but yet he's not in prison. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going around being a, some kind of domestic terrorist or doing, you know, all kinds of other stuff. But well, you it, want the just seems like his, it just up. seems like he mostly is looking for a sister, um, not I want to destroy the Empire kind of thing at this moment. So. Yeah, he really didn't join the rebellion yeah. till now. He's, he's just living fight since he was six years old. His life at this point. <laughs> now that the guy's got him at the end, he's going to talk him into, show him a bigger, you're going to get what you're asked for after at some point. Right? Yeah, he, he's done. Yeah, he's. Because. He sounds like he's more of a gorilla at this point, like just like just doing like small things. But he doesn't realize that there's like a bigger it, it's like um, the whole thing with with Luke um, stepping into a bigger world. I think yeah, Marva I mean, seems like she's like really into taking everybody down and she has no love for the vampire or anything. No, she doesn't. They don't have any love for oppression. They want to do their thing, but they have to survive in this sort of crazy world. I don't think they're yeah, at the point where they're cohesively against something. They're just against the oppression of, of anything. Yeah. They do their and live she's their kind life. of yeah. She's kind of going along to get along. I think she's like trying, just like she's trying to tell him to you know keep your head down, don't don't do anything crazy. But um, you know, Cassian's apparently going to do what he's going to do, and we don't know what it is yet, but we know it's it's going to be big. That's the kind of thing, like with Rogue One, his whole thing was like, well, I've done terrible things for the rebellion. Like, he's not doing that right now. He's doing terrible things, you know, for selfish reasons. So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's where it's kind of like timeline wise, I'm kind of like, well, we only have five years before Rogue One happens. And, you know, he can't really change much. You know, he's not going to become. Well, no, he doesn't. Killer. 
he says some of us have been the, been in this fight for a long time. The fight against oppression, the fight against things. That's yeah. why he ends joining Jin and and seeing that that you know we, okay, we've we've all done terrible things for the rebellion. rebellion. We, we, this band of us have been at this bar too long. We do want to go attack Scarif and, and, you know, join everybody. So, no, I think it, it all lines up wonderfully well with, with where his character ends up, what we know of him. And we're going to see that slow burn. We're going to see that develop. Into, and maybe, maybe we'll find out that he did, you know, do some major, you know, stuff. Well, they've established flashbacks things. So, they definitely yeah. can. Go back to things. Marva seems, you know, he even says she seems like I don't think she's worried about them. I think she's taught him very, very well to to fly under the radar, be cautious. And because she asked, well, how do they know about um, Canary? And he's like, yeah. he he admits I screwed up. It was me. I mean, I think that was the name of the episode. It was it was or something like that, that he recognizes that he overstepped went beyond her teachings, if you will, so to speak, of how to lay low, that it was me that screwed up and he has to pay a price to, to get out of there and, and lay low. He's, and he's laying low. The beauty of it to me was uh, um, he wrecked as soon as he, he got dispatched those two guards, but he realized it was going to be trouble for him. He realized he had to go lay low. He's swapping out the data card or whatever from the ship that he borrowed he's making means to you know sell the thing so he can get credit so they can get off there because he's realizing that that was kind of a big oopsie a big deal before they even come after him it's not like he finds out that um bulletins put out and they're looking for somebody from a, a born male canary or whatever and then starts to be on the run he was on the run before it even happened it shows his savvy of of being this type of um not a rebel yet, but being this, this type, living this type of life. I just can't wait for like Saw and then the show of the Senate and all this other, you know, stuff that's going to tie everything in more. Um, Very savvy. So he tells his friends, you know, no, you, you came by, no, uh, you and I, we were going to go to the bar, but we decided you had a drink at home. And, you know, he came up with that story real yeah. quick. Fly. His friends even are on top of it because then his friend adds to it and says, "Like my choice of drink, so I beat you up." You know, then they cover that they recognize, recognize type of thing, whatever. That he's very savvy. Very, I think that's what we're going to see is why they, they came for him and what they want out of him, and, and some of the things are going to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of this story. You know I think one of the go. things that that we're used to in Star Wars is always coming in like when things are already sort of established. Interesting like, point. Yeah. Yeah, like rebels, we always get like the Star Wars when, story when we in media see them, the Yeah, rebels are already like actively rebelling, usually. At this point, the, and the thing is that there's different levels of rebellion. You know what I mean? There's like the, the, the standard rebellion that we're used to, you know. But then how did we get there? How did these people get to um, leave their just everyday lives like we're seeing right now in, in Andor? All these people are just, you know, they're working their day-to-day jobs. They go, they go to the bar after, you know, regular everyday stuff. But how do they go from that to actively fighting, infiltrating the empire? You know, like uh, you know, it'd be kind of cool if some of those guys that he works with end up being some of the dudes from Rogue One that were in his squad that go to Scarif. That, yeah, I mean, I really think nice. I that think would be yeah. Just, it's going to be we're going to be collecting people as we go, I think, you know, because it's it's about building the rebellion. I mean, he at Cassian, from what I can tell at the moment, he's already in his own way rebelling against the Empire. 
from the time he was little in, in those first, uh, those scenes when he's a kid, when they're living in the jungle, like, what's that about? There's, there's no parents. They're just kids living Lord of the Fly style in the jungle. So something, something happened there. He's not quite sick. Well, then they said they hung his father, too, but that was in the exactly. but that, I think so they I mean, think, I think they mean his adoptive father. Not yeah, his, the other guy. Not his actual Mars, dad. partner. Yeah, yeah Marvis made a I'm kind of thinking, for... you know, he said, everybody's, I've, I've been seeing people hung up on the fuck. Well, he said he was been in it since he was six. Okay, but. Something happened. I mean, he wasn't actively maybe fighting, but he's been, I think what he's referring to, that he's been in this fight, maybe not as an active fighter, but he's been being affected by this fight, this rebellion against well, the Well, yes, Empire. because think since, about it. Since that, he that was sick. So if you, if, if, yeah, where, you look where at where they were with the, the kids, something happened that, to them that left them without parents. You know, maybe when he was six, let's say, right? Uh, something happened. They they all became orphans. There was a mining disaster on that planet or whatever on Canary or wherever they were. And that's where it begins for him. You know, he has to become a survivor. He's doing whatever he he needs to do to survive. And it's obviously doing black market kind of stuff. He may be necessarily like, you know, to Ricky's point, hasn't done like really bad things yet. But uh, it's coming, you know, it's building. There's an anger that, you know, that's building in him that he has to live this way. He didn't well, choose to just to just submit and go get maybe a regular job. He's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to do well, uh, black market stuff against the empire to survive. I'm going to feed off of them. You know, they're not going to take from me. I'm going to take from them. And you right. said it, the planet was stripped and right. He, he's not an, he's he's picked up by Marva and her, you know, his dad or whoever mm -hmm. that, scavengers of sorts so they're teaching and he's six or he's maybe 10 at that age so yeah. they're teaching him how to survive and how to do all these things and how to you know and, just all that yeah. I'm, I'm just curious why she says the republic's going to come and kill you like that it's the republic it's not the empire so i don't know if there's like going to be like showing well, the transitional period I'm, between you know separatist. And, yeah. yeah i've just read i've just read yeah. about this i've, I've just googled some um and or Easter eggs, and because that's one of the questions I asked, I got confused about. Why she said the Republic will come in, but they said that they say that here there's that that was a separatist ship that came down on Canary, mm. um, and that mm. watchman she said Republic officer that was actually she that was a mistake in the script, um, but they're saying that those insignias were clearly separatist stuff. And that's why he was saying he's been in the battle. And I can, I can see that planet like being caught in the middle of a, a Clone Wars battle, you know. And then you know it, it wasn't recently stripped. It, you, that that mining operation it had been stripped for a very long time. It had been under right. some oppression or some sort of takeover and stripping the planet and you know all the people in the mine for a very long time. So yeah, I got no problems with with that aspect of of his background and and his savviness of of they've obviously understood because they got on the ship and knew what parts to steal and oh there's gonna marvin's like there's gonna be good things up here there's gonna be good things and and the dude's like we've got about 20 minutes to get out of here and they're still collecting and yeah she rescues him and he's obviously seen that insignia or seen something that he's um cassian's uh, upset kid cassie and cassa because he's yeah he's just frustrated and taking it out on all that equipment in there that i, I think I think it's a, a lovely background story for him that sets him on his path and sets us up for for what we see in the next next two episodes of him being Cassian, 
being being very savvy, being smart about his thing, having the friends, having the resources, knowing the resources, leaning on the resources. Um, between Bix, between Brasso, I think was his friend that, that t- he told the story to. It's hard keeping everybody um, character straight, but a lot of characters. Somebody mentioned about some of his friends. I think they take him off planet. So do you think he comes back and tells some of them or does he end up making friends? I think we're going to see a lot of planet hopping or, or you know places all over that he's going to make a lot of He's going to make a lot of acquaintances, but yeah, I have very few true Bix and Brass are like friends that, that truly um know him or know know a, a lot about him because Bix knew an awful lot about him. Yeah. Well, quick question. I remember uh, reading or hearing. Okay, the the whole Andor series is five years before Rogue One, but my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that the first season would cover four years, and each three episodes was going to be like a a year in time. So I think like the next episode will skip ahead a year and then it'll be three episodes be and then we'll year, skip ahead a year. Before Battle Yavin. So by the end of the first season, four years will have gone by. And then the last, the, the second season is just going to be one, the one year leading up to Rogue One. That's my understanding. No, you have that... backwards. No, you have backwards. It's backwards. Year, the first season yeah, the first season is one year. The second season okay. is four years. Okay, gotcha. All right then. Oh, oh yeah. I love the fact. I love the fact that they actually used BBY, and my yeah. wife, and, and it never even crossed yeah. my mind. My wife was like, "What does that even mean?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's like so obvious to us, or any. Yeah. It's really legend. It's only people who's read the books, who's read the legend books, the expanded universe, that even knows what BBY is. Because now she's like, I've seen all these articles about BBY, and I'm like. It's before Battle of Yevon. What are you talking about? And it just, um, just, it just snaps. We have to realize that not everybody gets it, you know, type of thing. I was literally like, yeah. oh my god, like, what's Yevon? <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, it's that too. And it's just like, oh, the Death Stars. Well, yeah, the bet, you know, Yavin Four, you know, and I just have yeah. to realize not everybody knows what BBY is. And it was just, I love right. that they use it, and now it becomes popular, and that they actually use BBY because. Um, Disney was actually using, uh, and, and with some references books, they were using before and after the battle of um, whatever the one Force One, the uh, excuse me, Force Awakens. Battle of uh, No, 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 Force Awakens. That the Hosnian. Oh, it was the Hosnian disaster. Oh, the Hosnian it was Prime, like yeah. the Hosnian yeah. and after Hosnian. So they're yeah. actually using that for a while, and it made it very confusing to figure out the time they between doing that for OT episode six and seven. No, it was, they've always used BBY. No, because they're like, the oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that anywhere. The books and stuff. Yeah, I definitely, to me, it was an old, not an old guy construct, but it has been around for a while. And to Ryan's point, that you, those that have, that know it know it, but those that don't have no idea. I remember, yeah. I think it was a self screening, some movie screening, and they were doing a trivia contest ahead of time. And you know, they're they're asking pretty much uh, easy ones for the kids and all this stuff. And the guy asks, you know, um, what does BBY mean? And it's crickets in, in this large room. And I can do the answers to all the things, whatever. But so I'm not trying to chime in and be a prize. It's crickets in the room. Nobody knows what it is. And I'm just like, okay, well, wait a minute. We can't have a big giant room full of Star Wars fans for this premiere of a movie and not know what this is. So I answered it. And he's like, oh, good job. Congratulations. It's just like, you know, wait, I thought, I'm like, right, I thought this is everybody. This knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I think it's common. Yeah. Common thing, but it's not. Apparently in any not. Of the 
it's not in episode one, two, or three where they talk about how much. It was a a thing fans talked about, so we understood timelines. It was in some of the books, as I understand it. And yeah, so it, I think it, that's it, where it came from. It was like the books, the comics, things like yep. that. It's all the yeah. expanded stuff. People would make a timeline, and then you could see it. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy Disney's embracing it as well. Yeah, we forget how big. Yeah, not even. Are. <laughs> yeah, not even Mando does it. Like they offhandedly did it. Like, oh yeah, you mean when the Empire fell five years ago? You know, that's even though that would be like nine ABY type of thing. So, but that's that's how I build like a lot of my timelines. It becomes very confusing. They do type of thing. But yeah, use BBY. Now it's kind of more people are picking up on the numbering system. I'm like, oh great, man. This is this. I'm very happy that. Yeah. Something that I thought was kind of knowledge. I'm like, oh, so that's what we got to remember to, to take that, ourselves out of To stars. that point, it's really funny because I was watching it uh, subtitled in Spanish, and ABY is actually before Battle of Yavin in Spanish. I was like, wait, why is this taking place after the Battle of Yavin? Until I realized, <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's antes de la batalla de Yavin, which means <laughs> before Battle of Yavin in Spanish. Oh, and yeah. there go. It, uh, it, it was really funny, but it took me out of it for a minute. <laughs> no. Yeah, so in Spanish, it's ABY and DBY. And yeah, and exactly. I, so I think so. I think it was very important that they use that. So when they do show time jumps, like when season two starts, it's going to be for BBY. And when they do make it, because they're not going to replace the actors when they do a two or three year, you know, one or two year jump or something. They're going to keep them all the same. Like other shows going right now, they're doing time jumps, but like they're going to keep them the same. But to show that a year has passed and that things have changed, instead of being like. Why is his ship different? Why is this? It's just gonna be like, oh, we've jumped a year. So I think, so, I think get the flashbacks because there's scenes where he doesn't have a mustache. So yeah, they're definitely <laughs> jumping. We're gonna get flashbacks. He, he's gonna have to shave it to to do his identity and everything. Oh, that, maybe it's, now, it's now I don't want to say canon, but it's now <laughs> thing that's going to get used more and more. And Yavin makes way more sense than Hosni because Yavin was the rebels you know, uh, solidifying and coming together with Scarif more so than anything, but that battle of Yavin and actually having their first success and in, in, in against the Death Star in a major, major way would be a monumentous point in time for the gal, you know, for everyone to sort of know about. So I, I think it makes, I, I really hope they do embrace it and, and, and use it more and more because it, it makes sense as a timeline piece for, for everyone to get a handle on where yeah, you know, and in my opinion, I think it, it's actually a, a a better reference point in our world, like in the real world, as opposed to in world on on screen. Because I think for Star us, Wars. that's it's the original Star Wars. That's the battle, you know, the Death Star, and right. That's like that's I think I think for everybody, everybody in the real world, like that's that's how you know, and I think it's a useful tool. For, you know, big fans and casual fans alike, because you're like, oh, OK, so from the first Star Wars, quote unquote, this is how many years before this is how many years after I got it. You know, like, I think it's, it makes more sense for people in the real world than in in universe, because, yes, it was a big thing in universe. But I mean, there's been other big things that like the Hosnian Prime thing comes along. You know what I mean? Maybe that eclipsed uh, the Battle of Yavin that took place, you know, however many years before. It's like now in our world. If you talk about the bombing of Pearl Harbor, I think for most people, uh, 9-11 is a bigger event than Pearl Harbor. You know what I mean? Time well, passed. For most people that are alive now, 9-11, yeah. because we will have lived through exactly. that. Or yeah, like, that's exactly. My mom's generation so, would have been like Kennedy's assassination. Like right, We, all, we right. have to find that like generational reference point for, for yes. like, our so generation. So that's why I'm saying. 
be the Battle no, of Yavin or whatever. Um, for like Ray's, you know, for like Luke's generation, it's the Battle of Yavin. For like Ray's generation, it's the Hosnian Prime incident or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It, yeah, it's but... just that distinction, that point in time where you kind of like, um, you kind of date your life from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, but like, I think it's more useful for the real world, for that reason. Right, right. You know what I mean? The guy that was but, uh, us in the real world. <laughs> the guy yeah. that was transport with the guy that comes and collects uh, Cassian. I'm sorry, I don't know his name or whatever. He had a bit of a mustache. He was sort of grilling him. It was a way to sort of give some storyline as to what's going on or whatever. But man, why did he look familiar? He looked. He, I couldn't couldn't quite place who he looked which, like. But he was. Which one? Which he guy? Was, uh, uh, he was the which guy. guy was sort of, they, they were on like the bus making their way into the into the planet. And uh, he had a mustache on, and he's, and he's just sort of grilling him with some questions. He's just making small talk on the transport going in or whatever. Um, but he looked he looked very familiar. Oh, uh, the to, the older the older gentleman with the hat. Yeah, and he wears him. He warns. Yeah, he warns him about you know watch your wallet and and mind your yeah. You know, watch. Oh, he's talking to the other guy. Yeah, not Cassie. He's talking to uh, the happy guy. Super happy guy. Yeah. He's a weird, Weird character because you know the planet that they go to doesn't seem like a destination. Res- I don't know why he, he seemed like he was going on holiday or something in some fashion. To, whereas it doesn't seem like it's that kind of planet. But it was it was a way to help tell a story. Anyway, when so they get he off, doing like because it was like a there, the guy, plan, right? He's he's holding something. It 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 looks it's not a lightsaber, but he's holding a, a sword or something that retracts. Um, the guy that collects the cane, Cassie. Yeah. Was it a cane? I don't yeah, think it was a cane. He oh, was. You talk about yeah. Scar. Yeah, he was walking with it, and then when he we got alone, he kind of like took it away, like he didn't need it. So it's kind of well, like, like did sort of he did sort of. It's if I recall, like a Kaiser Soze kind of thing. Like you know, <laughs> it definitely retracted. But yeah, it's there. just a cane. Like I think he was, was playing a character. It was a walking, like an old man. I thought for sure I saw it retract, but I'm like, well, that, he, no, it did. it did, it did, yeah, it retracted. Now, I appreciated the, the last episode of the intrigue of the, you know, the guys were outmatched. They didn't realize that or whatever. They're trying to outflank him, but he's showing his smarts to Cassian of, of recognize. you know, I think that's what Cassian is going to end up recognizing. This guy gets it or knows a lot because, you know, he made his exit on the way in. He, you know, he was teaching him all this sort of stuff or whatever. I really enjoyed that sort of very quick mentorship, if you will, of, um, yeah, there's a fight, but don't you want to fight these bastards for real? Don't you want to really get into this and and yeah. see how Cassian's going to all of his his life experiences, all of his loss uh, up until this point, or whatever, is going to affect him and 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 burn him into the Cassian that we you know. Obviously, he recognizes when he's in a situation because that guard in episode one's trying, or the first episode is trying to talk him out of doing anything, and he recognizes, no, I have to end you because if i don't this there's no way i get out of this kind of thing or whatever we obviously see that in rogue one so he's mm-hmm. he has his he has his wits about him in situ, situational awareness i guess you, you'd say or whatever so i think he's going to see more of it and i'm very intrigued to see him learn a learn of a bigger picture yeah. that your situation awareness can be very valuable you know how did you get this box well i just walk away we never thought of that you know he's going to add they're going to add uh, expand him he's going to expand them it, it's going to be a very valuable uh 
a relationship between the between the, the entities, whatever they may be. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm anxious for Wednesday. I really am to like, see like more. If you ever if you ever read like Rebel Rising, it's kind of the same thing uh, Saw did for Jin. Like he was showing her like, oh, you need to look at this, and you know this happens and you know. expand the mind. Yeah, expand the, mm-hmm. the big, bigger picture of things. Yeah. I it it seems to me like they're the whole thing on Ferrix is is very much the 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 standard operating procedure on Ferrix is you know keep your head down but do little things to resist against you know the corpos and the empire because you know they're really the corpos are really working for the empire um and then Luthen comes along and he's like don't you really want to do this for real i mean you've been doing small scale stuff but you want to do like the real real right because um yeah. because yeah. you know he he knows all of Cassian's history and how does he know all this? I'm I'm starting to think that Bix is the conduit that Bix is has kind of been working for the rebellion maybe for some time, but we're not going to be able to see that you know right away. We're I was I curious we'll that if she was little. like if she was part of his Kanari tribe, like if she yeah. was like the little girl or the other girl that was there. But Possibly, yeah, she she may have been. Because how would she have gotten how that would have been much more of a relationship uh, shared between them? I, I it didn't seem like there was something between them though. She's re- well, I think they may have had something in the past, but not not related to both from the same planet in that sense. Because he's definitely rescued by Marva from the planet, and I don't mm-hmm. know that anybody else that they're not going back for anybody else or anything like. It. He can't talk yet to him. So it's not like he can say, I want to go back and rescue. You see, he didn't tell Marva that he was looking for his sister. Yeah, I noticed that. Like, he didn't mention that at all. She's like, what did you do? And he didn't say, like, well, I'm looking for my sister. And I was telling him. No, she. That. Maybe that's she, a cover story, though. No, I think he said, she said, what did you do or whatever? How do they know about Kanari? Who told him? Who told him or whatever? And he's like, I did. I screwed up. I but did. I screwed up because that, that's part of his cover story. But he didn't think of a good enough cover story because Kanari would be a, a big tell. Well, I think she would, would probably yell searching for his sister. I mean, because it's like you're tying back into your past. Ignore your past. Let's keep our head down and live now. Mm-hmm. So I really think he is just keeping he's looking for his sister on the side, like hiding it from his parents, per se. Right. Because they would recognize that's not a good because she for some reason. So why? Why did she put on all his paperwork that he's from Kent or wherever he was from? Fest, why fest. not? Why not say so? so there's some reason that you don't want to be from there, you know, that that yeah. or they needed to. Or to yeah, some reason they they, they no they one's ever heard of the planet either. Because no, because the planet's supposed to be dead, completely dead. Yeah, they know the planet. They say look it up. So I wonder if like the mining accident happened before, you know, before he was, I'm going to say kidnapped. He was kidnapped by Marva. If the mining accident happened before, and that's why there's no parents there type of thing, um, which actually is on that Padawan book. I just read, it's just a bunch of kids and the parents die very that's early. Mm-hmm. You didn't even read Padawan yet. You better get to read that. Maybe that's why why, you don't want to be from there because whatever the answer was, they don't think anybody should be from there because it'd be bad press. If anybody is from there, they don't want the story to get out. So they would dispatch or deal with anybody that was from there because nobody should know what actually transpired or what happened on that planet. Yeah, so I think the mighty disaster happened a long time ago. Maybe. I mean, because it's. I was kind of weirded out that there's this huge mining that I thought was going on 
but they don't seem to know what technology is. So there's yeah. no way there's mining, you know, because at first I was like, well, they're probably mining and the parents are all in the mining place, you know, forced to work, slave labor type of stuff. But they had no idea what technology was. So that mining accident had to happen a while ago. And they didn't speak basic. However, long the, only these kids survived or only kids or they die very young type of thing. Or maybe I hope we like see their parents were in a tribe and the tribe was fighting with the, you know, empire or, or whoever was it separatists you know well it doesn't seem like anybody's there i don't know i don't know why did marva even go to the planet scavenging she was scavenging that scavenging show. yeah just scavenging yeah. okay they were working like they were wearing thing. masks and their their instruments said the air was clean or they found the boy and said what well, the air must be clean so they were the mining you know accident may have you know the, the some reason they were worried about the air in the ship um, maybe it was specifically in the ship. We don't know if they the have it. They're supposed yes. to explode. Yeah, ship crash in the beginning. <laughs> so she worried about the air. Uh, are they worried about the air in the ship or, or the air on the yeah. planet itself? Was that part of the mining thing? Whatever. The 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 tribe, the Canari people, could have been very basic like that, not had technology. The mining operation brought technology, but they, yeah. that that doesn't mean they would have to need to know about it. I don't think the natives were mining. I think somebody came, found out they, they had. They were like the Ewoks in the situation. Yeah, yeah, they were like the Ewoks in some fashion. Yeah. More so that he thought he learned basic real quick, um, or you know, pretty pretty remote. He's got pretty pretty good vocabulary, it would seem. I appreciated the landing ships for the um, North Team. East team and West team or whatever they did um, were very Republic looking. They were small. They were very, they only held six or eight people. It looked like, but they were yeah, those tiny Republic um, troop gunship type things. Yeah. Just it reminded me of like the action figure uh, vehicles. You just cram up like five figures in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love the cleverness of the guys. They like towed, you know, they, they tied the ship to a, an anchor or whatever to, uh, that was a clever. Yeah. Re- rebellious sort of uh, a guerrilla type move that, that seemed to work. Obviously, it worked because they dispatched a ship that they knew what they needed to do. But yeah, the ship that crashed. Do you think she was involved in like shooting it down, or was it like a teammate of hers that crashed? Hmm. Oh, interesting. Is that why they went to scavenge it? Like, what what battle yeah. was going on to make them crash? It? Like, how did she know that ship crashed? And she it seemed like a totally unfamiliar planet. Because like you said, well, they're like, well, the air is good, which we don't see enough of in Star Wars because everyone's just like, all these planets are breathable. And it's like, well, because we don't see stories of them where they die. When they see the ship scream across the sky and hear it crash to when they actually then decide to, you know, we don't really know how much time happens in between when it crashed and when they decide to check it out. So there could be some... She she could be either if it happens the next day, then yeah, she had to be involved with Marva had to be involved with crashing it in some fashion. Or if there's some weeks before they finally de- decide to mount up and go check it out, there. But the bodies would have decomposed. Yeah, it does yeah no, the guy was still calling yeah. right away. Yeah, yeah. 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 have to be right. So that forces the timeline of that ship crash and their expedition to it, and Marva's there within within a day or two, uh, right, uh, right quick. Seemed like yeah. it would be very far away that those kids hauling on foot across that mountainous, across that terrain, where that thing crashed in the distance. That it has to be a, a, a day or two. Right, they had to mount up right away, is what we see, and it has to be a day or two out. That was a good ways away until you see that thing actually here. So, here anyway, yeah. I definitely want to know more about Marva's because it's right? it all fits together. 
she just happens to show up after it crashes. Are you good or are you bad? And then she takes the child and leaves all these other children. And I was like, <laughs> it was like my wife was yeah, like, she leaves them so for dead. I'm like, oh, they're gonna come and kill him. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Do you think she knows about the other children? She probably doesn't. A, yeah, I was under the impression she, she did. About one it and they had like ten minutes to go. Now, why she thinks whoever's coming is going to kill this child because they killed a or something seemed seemed an odd or thing. Or did just, they take out the kids? Let them, you know, just let them deal with the kid and, and deal. You know, why is she being benevolent about it? But thankfully, she is. As far as a new character introduction, right quick, boy, yeah, don't we love Marva in terms of we want to know a heck of a lot more about her. Um, or back, you know, just just she seems a very intriguing character right off the Bix. Even I thought Bix was a, a, a well developed character in the very first quick blush that you want to know more about. Uh, I more even about love the guy the with the hammer. Yeah, the hammer guy. Like he he's enjoying <laughs> his job, right? He's enjoying enjoying his job. Yeah. Man. The bell so, ringer. He doesn't I have live, to go put on gloves. <laughs> add more to what you we've already. Add, yeah, he put, put on. on he had to get his group. Like we're seeing. All sorts of safety stuff here. People wearing gloves to protect their hands, ear protection and loud noises. Like this I, definitely I, I, isn't. Yeah. I thought it was the headphones. I thought there was music playing in there that sort of helped him with his groove. Told him he's got Bohemian Rhapsody on. <laughs> it's probably in there <laughs> at the beep. The time will be, you know, 6 p.m. and he's waiting for that so that he can start getting his rhythm, uh, rhythm uh, clock mode go on. Um, it's going to be very difficult Wednesday to have a 35 or you know minute show yeah. and be over. That yeah, hour and a half spoiled the heck out of me. I settled in to my easy, you know, I had my favorite food and, you know, I was just settling in because it was literally a Star Wars movie in terms of I knew we were getting three episodes. I was teased we all were because to look at them, they were like, what, 40 some odd minutes or something ridiculous. But there's a, a boatload of stuff ahead of time and there's a, even more a, a ship, a cruise ship worth amount of stuff at the end. of You can't go by the timeline because the actual content was like, 30 maybe 35 minutes each episode but it was yeah it was it's going to be challenging Wednesday because it's just going to want more I just know it yeah and if you want to watch it again and if you want to hear something cool uh turn on the Spanish Latin America subtitles or not subtitles the audio because Diego and Adria actually do their own Spanish dubbing so yeah they do Diego and Adria are both doing the Spanish dubbing but for Latin America only not the Spain one but if you put Spanish it's it's not going to be actors. Yeah, good on the actors to take their time to want you know, to do that. The other person that you're saying, what what character is she? Bix. Uh, Bix. Cool. No, that is awesome. That's a neat tidbit for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. watch it because it, it brings something extra to the performance. And you, if you put the subtitles on, you might get something a little extra out of um, the way they're saying things and the way they put things. It it adds kind of like another layer to the storytelling and the story and the story that they're telling and the um the kind of real world implications of what they're saying it's it's really neat plus they get to as actors they get to um act you know the i want to try to say that it, their characterization of the character they're playing yeah. gets to come through it's not somebody else interpreting what they're saying and just saying it in spanish yeah, it, it's, it's them there's it's genuine them. It, to it so those people that listen to that audio track are getting the genuine so that's wonderful i mean he actually did his own uh his own dub for uh rogue one as well so if you listen to the latin america um the latin america spanish dub for rogue one it's it's diego luna's voice as cassian as well mm-hmm. um i don't know if pedro pascal does the same for mandalorian i still have to look i don't think it's him 
but it really adds a lot to to know that it's those char- those characters are playing themselves, you know, uh, in English and Spanish, and it 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 brings it brings something different and some, uh, you know, to the performances, but it's still them. They know, you know, they know their motivations. They, they can bring that, that same characterization, but there's, there's little elements here and there that differ. That, that's really, that's really cool that they did that. Hey, I, yeah. um, I, I put it out on, uh, on our Twitter, just our listeners, uh, to see if, you know, cause I was feeling a certain way about the show. So like, I, I put out, you know, what are their thoughts? So I just wanted to read a couple off here cause I promised some people I would, so uh, at Dank Ferret said, character development stood out for me, dialogue, racial expressions, body language, and the look of the film was well thought out and seamless well time transition between past and present. That seems to be like the overall people, you know, people like it. Do they you know, actually they, they say look of the film? Is that yeah, what's the look of the film? So I guess they look of the look film. Like yeah, the <laughs> yeah. there just, just screams, you know, how well they did. They yeah. didn't say look at the show. They thought they were watching a film with uh, you know two interruptions as you have those intermissions as Steven said that brought you back into the real it world. Looked really, it looked yeah. really good. I, like I said, my only couple of gripes was just you know the language that was in there and some of the adult stuff, but which I didn't think the story needed, you know, personally. But I mean, it's in there, whatever. So I liked I liked that gritty feeling. <clears throat> it was yeah, enough. Really, gritty's fine. I, I'm fine with gritty. It was. It's almost like going back and watching animated shows as adult. You know, and you're like, God, man, how did I watch that as a kid? You know, it's they have they have jokes in there that kids won't get. And just like they're just like, OK, yeah, they're at, uh, you know, a place where they're eating and drinking. And there's an image of a person there standing. You know, they don't get it. You know, they don't see it like we do, like red light district type of thing. So that's I kind of like that adult only joke. On pants or uh, making out. It drives me nuts. When he first goes in there and he's asking about you know things, whatever. When outside of the uh, commanding officer or whatever saying those those two um, guards were in a brothel, do you think brothel at that point? I'm thinking it's like a bar or just a joint or. Uh, See, I a, thought it was going to be like a different bar, but apparently they were looking for companionship in there. So yeah, I, I mean she yeah. does say they're looking for a girl. Can I? Do you get that sort of same sort of dialogue if you walk into a, a bar or whatever? So just I don't get that. It's just a reason to. Well, they don't offer you girls at bars. <laughs> like, oh, we have a nice one. Here. I, I wonder if that. I wonder if the upstairs is always closed. You know what I mean? That the spiel from the from from the yeah. bouncer. I wonder if it's always closed because technically they don't have a brothel. Hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so they you know bet, I mean? bet you. Although those guards. They were, you know, they were, well, no, she did say somebody so-and-so will help you. No, he's been there before because he's like, no, we don't want her. You know, anyway, we're never going back there. I can't imagine that, that they end up in that place ever again for any reason. So it's just so it, it just kind of felt before. like a Game of Thrones tick boxes to me. I don't know. It was strange. But, I mean, hey, Where the story they, hopefully it moves on from there and we don't, you know, dwell on that. For this oh, yeah, I don't the, see story, the story is, like, so good and, like, everything else is, like, amazing, but. Do they go? I don't think they do because I just don't think they do. Do they go back for the box, or does he somehow get to Bix and tell her that the box is there, or you know no, uh, the, the box, box is destroyed? Whatever, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it seems worth going Steve, back for. Apparently, they don't have repulsor lift technology on this planet, and uh, everything is hung up by chains. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking health and safety nightmare in that warehouse. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, that's completely dangerous. What were those? Were they engines? or what? The corpos don't care about that. No. And why, why were they coming down? That was the other part of it. But they needed to in order to have a dangerous situation. Yeah, so, you know, yeah what, right. What right, was exactly. passing around them to, to make all that happen? It wasn't like they were shooting things. They just sort of let go on their own. Um, at times, they just they, well, they gave the door. It was it was momentum, wasn't it? Sort and of, it broke the structure of the building. Yeah. Caused other ones to to move and stuff as well. Yeah, but it was all a bit nonsense, really, in terms of what the heck was that all doing in there? We never know, will we? Yeah. Uh, but it was great entertainment, that's for sure. He did yeah, go it for was just, the box, it was, uh, but why he didn't go back for it? You know, even more, he knew how valuable that thing was, but I guess. Once he realizes those people are chasing him, truly chasing him, and he's truly yeah, the crazy. other guy didn't care. He's like, no, it's not not what I came for anyway. No, no, I mean, go there for that. Well, that thing is, and he needs credits. He just met this guy, but that guy's offering up safety to him. So, so did he give the robot, or did he communicate with the? I was asking Ryan this. Like, did he communicate no. with the com so he could tell her, like, tell the robot, like, hey, I got money, give it to Marva. Is that what the? He, just, he he didn't get his money yet, so he was just making contact with her to tell her he was sorry. He, he wasn't sure was, how well this was going to work out. He's always like, stay behind, I'll contact you, type of thing. Hmm. It does seem a bit of a slip up on his part to be con- communicating with the droid, not knowing who would be around and listen. I guess, but yeah. I take that back, because he doesn't know people are coming after him. He doesn't know but people. Know him. How. If that guy, well, if that guy wouldn't have ratted on him, he would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is why that guy yeah, died. The one character name I fucking remember, Tim. Tim. Tim with two Tim. M's. Tim's dead. Yeah, poor Tim. Poor Tim, stupid Tim. Oh, that's what you get, Tim, for backstabbing people. Snitches get stitches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, go, don't do that to your girlfriend. Stuff is yeah, bros before yeah. bros. <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim. <laughs> Tim I would beat that, but it's modern Star Wars now, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Right, so we're reaching the end of our allotted hour. Um, so we'll have for final points and final questions. Anybody's got anything they want to say forever or for have a hold of that piece? What it is? Yeah, real quick. Yeah, I feel like it needs to be brought up. The emo droid, B2 emo. It's mm. just super cute. I Who would have thought they could do so much expression just from a square droid moving up and down? Fantastic, and I cannot wait to see the behind the scenes just to see what they do with this droid. He's got great protocol droid expression voice too. So. Yeah, great expression from a square box. It's amazing what they can do with this. You're right. <laughs> the, the, the 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 droid design is very well done. The the eye that we all sort of recognize, but the uh, his ability to move his head around, show emotion in that, and how we can pick up on his emotion. He was like a little Wally. Well done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, just just by moving up and down and tilting the head, you feel emotion in the droid. And I'm like, that's great character design. Rather than a blank, solid face type of thing, just squishing something, it gives the impression of slouching. And great, great design on that. And he We're so good. those dogs. <laughs> I also like how you get to see the, the droid. Uh, Solo. You get to see the droid age yeah, because when uh, Cassie and... Yes. Was Casa? Yeah, it was nice, nice, well painted and bright red. <laughs> and then you move forward in time, and then he's all the yellow beat leg. Up and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like that too. You may not notice you me with my yellow. The droids beat up. You know, well, but, it's uh, getting peed on. It was, it was and cool all to see both. Right. <laughs> That's why he had a yellow leg. Anyone? Anything else? You want to get off their chests? Just that I can't wait to see more. I just want to say one thing. Um, mm-hmm. Having read the uh, the High Republic. Nice to get the High Republic into this whenever we can. Um, 
Russell How many years before the Battle of Yavin is that? Yeah, but uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that no, in the recent books, I'm just very pleased that this episode, everybody who's read the Harry Potter books will know it. This episode in, in Andor made uh, um, and a drink official in on TV land that we, we, we've been reading about in the books. So I'd just like to say thank you very much for making um, Calf TV canon. Oh, that's uh, old. That's really old. That's like yeah, before it's even Higher Republic. Oh, it's, it's, it's official for me. But I mean, it's, it's on TV now, isn't it? So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not animated. Yeah, it's like, it's... I want to say they did say it in one of the cartoons. Probably. Yeah, but people, this is getting more eyes on it now. The live yeah. action shows up more eyes. You can use calf because it's in universe, but when someone swears, you have to use a real world word. <laughs> I don't know I what they're going to use for T. <laughs> well, uh, remember, they did say. They did say God in the Last Jedi too, or what was it? Or blessing? They use something like that. Well, yeah, because they like have God religion. Or something like that. They refer to the Force so, as religion, so yeah, they would have. So we're looking forward to the next episode, which will open up in the brothel, as we know now. As well, so we never go there again. Ned Stark's going to walk in. And... We'll start in there. Um, and uh, I'm sure Ooh. there's more than two gods in that in that brothel. Did you guys catch the Wobani reference that the? Uh... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Wobani run. Yeah, Wobani run. Is that from? Because I kept saying it like Wobani. Oh, and I was, that, that was from? the planet. It's that, um, the prison it was planet, from Rogue right? One. Yeah, where Jin was. Jin was oh, right. the prison planet. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Wobani. Mining place, whatever. Oh, I so need to watch it again. Stuff that Jin had uh, picked up. So. <laughs> I have to say, but it, as Ron said, it, it slightly depressed me thinking of Wednesday that we only got half an hour to, uh, of an episode to watch after we were. Um, uh, sort of uh, lured into a sense, full sense of security with uh, three episodes in one. Yeah, I, I was hoping that the episode would be a little bit closer to an hour. It yeah. seemed really half hour Well, we might be lucky. Maybe the next ones might be longer. But I've got a horrible feeling that they're going to be quite uniform. Let's see. Yeah, it's, it's 12 episodes. So, I mean, 30 runtime each. Yeah, it's it kind of makes yeah, it's still six hours. We just want it immediately, and we want it all at once. And it is what it is. That's how shows are doing it now. Right. Which that means it's good. If you didn't want to watch it, then you wouldn't watch it. So, but you want to know more. So I'm I'm good. It's going good. Excited for the big story. Yep, the good stuff is as, as I said somewhere else. I said the this is where the fun begins next. Um, I think, and we're going to get lots of meat. Hopefully we get some fun in the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Okay, thank you very much for joining us. For we managed to get it into about an hour. Yeah. Um, which is almost about seventy percent of the whole total length for the three episodes. So, uh, don't we done quite well there? We will be back next month, probably in about two three weeks. Uh, Yep. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. All out there and see see you again. Bye-bye. See you later. Go switch off. I am the Senate. Be sure to follow us online. We're at Facebook at PSW Senate. Join our Positive Star Wars Facebook group where we all are in there interacting. You can find us on Twitter at PSW Senate. On Instagram, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. And on TikTok, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. The Force will be with you. Always. <laughs>